I'm sure everybody's so tired of talking about all this, but I'm starting to think how easy would it be for, you know, the normal, um, you know, annual rate of elderly um, happenings in, in the hospital from due to illness. Uh, how easy would it be to create some fucking pneumonia test? Give it a name called test for coronavirus. <laughs> and then only test people that are already sick with pneumonia or some respiratory shit. <laughs> and then quote unquote give them the 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 C test. I think that's what I'm gonna start calling it. I don't know. Um, give them the, give them the corona test, <laughs> and then when really it's just it's just a test for fucking pneumonia or something. And I'm starting to think that's kind of what my dream was actually trying to tell me. Like, if you're sick in any way, congratulations, you have corona. But it's all propaganda. And that's just me speaking out loud. So take it for what you will. Keep on reading. Keep on uh, keeping your eyes open and keep on praying. Because ultimately, I think, you know, I think, uh, I don't know. Just pray. Okay, this was, uh, I'm just going to read it, but I find it quite strange that this is something randomly flip, flipped to it, and um, I, I prayed I prayed to Jesus to um, speak through me and, and speak to me, and I told him, I'm listening, I'm ready to listen, and this is what, this is what you're listening to, it's 1 Timothy chapter 4, the New King James Version. <laughs> Now see if this hits home with all this see uh, crazy stuff going on. Okay. Now the Spirit expressly says that in later latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. And then it has a little... Um, this is a cool Bible that my grandma got me when I was a teenager. So it's one of those with little breakdowns and stuff on it. And you know what? I finally decided to start reading it. So let's see what this says. Um, it has a pop out. It says Satan. Who does Satan work through? Um, chapter 4 verse 1. Now the spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith and give in heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So, I mean, what is God speaking to you? Okay, so this little pop-out says, What's it mean? Uh, based on Paul's words in this verse, how old do you suppose Timothy was? 
Obviously, people weren't taking him seriously because they thought he was too young to know anything important. Do you suppose he was 21, 18, younger? Actually, Timothy would have been between 35 and 40 years old. In Bible times, people under 40 were considered too young to have gained true wisdom. <clears throat> Interesting. Like I said, it. <laughs> I started. There's a reason why I started reading these little things. <coughs> Let's keep on going, because <clears throat> why not? And it, I apologize for coughing so much, smoking too many cigarettes with all this going on. <clears throat> if you instruct, this is verse six, <clears throat> chapter four, First uh, Timothy. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. But reject profane and old wives' fables, and exercise yourself towards godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptance. For to this we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. These things command and teach. And here's another pop out. Let's see what it says. It says, On the edge, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word and <laughs> Oh man, choking up for the world to see or hear. Who cares? <laughs> man. Jesus, man. I'm telling you, Jesus, man. If you want to feel the love, <laughs> there's no other way to, man. Anyway, <laughs> let's see what it says. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. In purity. That was the first Timothy um, chapter four, verse 12. <coughs> oh, I guess that's coming up. So what does it say? It, um, the pop-out says, if you've never given your parents reason to distrust you, they probably trust you more than you know. It's everyone else they worry about. Really, if you've broken your parents' trust and want to restore it, read Proverbs 23, verse 22 through 25. Look at the things that make parents proud. Truth, wisdom, instruction, and understanding. De developing these qualities in your life will help you learn to set a good example for your parents and for other people. Begin to work on these areas of your life and, though it may take some time, watch your parents' doubt turn to trust. You don't have to transform overnight. Just work on one thing at a time. For instance, if you say you'll be home at midnight, be there rolling in at 12 10 with the lame excuse doesn't make you trustworthy after you get the uh, on time thing down start working on something else even though they're the parents and you're the child you can still set an example for them you can still earn their respect they're watching you more closely than you think see for yourself Proverbs chapter 23, verse 22 
through 25. Let's finish this chapter. It says, Take heed to your ministry. Verse 12, chapter 4, 1 Timothy. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word and conduct and love and spirit and faith and purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. I'm just going to keep on going because it's been a long time since I read my Bible. And I just went to a chiropractor for the first time yesterday. Oh my gosh. Talk about doing some crazy stretch and cracking and popping. and. Uh, it was a good night, but I'll tell you what, my body is still changing. That's why I'm kind of short on breath, <clears throat> too. All right, so chapter 5, 1 Timothy. Um, Do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, with all purity. And then it says, what's it mean? If you think it was Paul's idea for Christians to help widows, orphans, and others in need, think again. He was merely repeating the law that God had given to Moses centuries earlier. A widow usually lived with her husband's family or with one of her children. However, if she had no family to live with, the church was responsible for taking care of her. 1 Timothy 5.3 Verse 3, chapter 5, 1 Timothy. Honor widows who are really widows. But if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show piety at home and to repay their parents, for this is good and acceptable before God. Now she who is really a widow and left alone trusts in God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. But she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives, And these things command that they may be blameless. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Do not let a widow under 60 years old be taken into the number, and not unless she has been the wife of one man, well reported for good works. If she has brought up children, if she has lodged strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet, if she has relieved the afflicted, if she has diligently followed every good work, but refused the younger widows, for when they have begun to grow wanton against Christ, excuse me, but I do not know what the word W-A-N-T-O-N means, so that's why I said it all funny. I probably ain't even saying it right. Um, let's read that again. Verse 11, chapter 5, 1 Timothy. But refuse the younger widows, uh, for when they have begun to grow wanton against Christ, they desire to marry, having condemnation, because they have cast off their first faith. And besides, they learn to be idle, 
wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies, saying things which they ought not. Therefore, I desire that the younger widows marry, bear children, manage the house, give no opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully. I want to pause right there just to interject a little bit, or not interject, but I know I'm not supposed to add to scripture, you know, and that's not what I'm trying to do. Um, there's a lot of truth in this, I guess. I'm just going to keep on reading because uh, verse 15, chapter 5, 1 Timothy. For some have already turned aside after Satan. If any believing man or woman has widows, let them relieve them. And do not let the church be burdened, that it may relieve those who are really widows. And then there's a pop-up uh, on the edge. But if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show piety at home and to repay their parents. For this is good and acceptable before God. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 4. And then it says, uh, The most wonderful thing you can give your grandparents is your time that shows them that they are important to you they are already so proud of you they would love to get to know you better to be seen with you to be listened by you or to be listened to by you uh, making time for your grandparents lets them know that you appreciate all the sacrifices they've made and all the love they have shown one of the best ways you can honor them is to ask questions and learn from them Senior adults complain that <laughs> senior adults complain that one of the hardest things about growing older is not feeling useful anymore. That's yeah, not what I was laughing at, by the way. Um, let your grandparents know that they are still needed. They are valuable and they are greatly loved. You hold such a tender place in their hearts. Your grandparents will consider their time with you a treasure. And then it says, see for yourself. Uh, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 32. And then Proverbs chapter 17, verse 6. <clears throat> I'm just going to keep on going. Um, okay, verse 17. Uh, chapter 5, First Timothy. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says... You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not receive an accusation against an elder except from two or three witnesses. Those who are sinning rebuke in the presence of all, that the rest also may fear. I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that you observe these things without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality. Do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's sins. Keep yourself pure. Then it has a pop out. What's it mean? Can you imagine being told to drink wine for a stomach ache? In New Testament times, before antibiotics or other medicines were developed, wine was used as the true... Uh, as the cure-all if you had any wounds that needed healing you poured wine on them if you needed a sedative or painkiller you drank wine 
1 Timothy chapter 5, 23. Verse 23. Uh, chapter 5, 1 Timothy. No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and your frequent infirmities. Some men's sins are clearly evident, preceding them to judgment, but those of some men follow later. Likewise, the good works of some are clearly evident, and those that are otherwise cannot be hidden. And before I finish, um, so I need to clarify, because some people just heard uh, about wine, and I need to clarify. So this is uh, uh, chapter chapter 3, uh, verse 8, First uh, Timothy. Uh, it says, likewise, deacons must be reverent, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. But let these also be tested. No, excuse me. But let these also first be tested. Then let them serve as deacons, being found blameless. Likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanderers, temperate, faithful in all things. Let deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their house as well, their own house as well. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. I wanted to finish with that because verse 8. Likewise, deacons must be reverent, not double-tongued, and not given to much wine. Don't let the devil twist. Just pray to Jesus, man. Just Like, now is the time. I mean, it's always been the time, but it's like, this is a wake-up call for everybody, you know. And, well, at least... Maybe not, you know, I can't speak for the world. I'm not of the world. But I don't know something about Jesus, man. He's always there and he always answers. He's always answers. And uh, <laughs> if you don't want to look like a crazy person, there's other ways to thank Jesus out loud without <laughs> without saying thank you, Jesus, every <laughs> 10 minutes or whatever, you know, <laughs> but yeah, pray without ceasing, all right, y'all be good to one another, take care of your family.